You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the success line. It's your pal Rory Vaden with another inspiring, amazing edition. I hope I count on it. I plan on it for you. I am meeting someone for the first time. His name is Craig. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a of a little disclaimer here. So Craig is a client of of uh, my company, our company, our other company, Brand Builders Group. So he is actually a paying client, but I have not had a personal encounter with him yet. So I am technically still meeting him for the first time and I'm excited to do so. He's got a question here that I think is super relevant for not only people like him, but for every business owner, everyone trying to get a marketing message out there in the world. It's it's very much right in the center, it appears to be the most common question and issue that people struggle with in their marketing, which is kind of just clarity around their position in the marketplace and what makes them unique. So other than that, I don't really have any other background to give you, but I will allow Craig to do that himself. So Craig, welcome to the success line, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Rory. So how long ago, I'm just curious, how long ago did you like hear of me or Brand Builders Group or find us? Because you and I are just kind of interfacing here. And I'm always curious, mm-hmm. like, how long you've been following along? Yeah, so I, I bumped into you through Sean Cannell of the Think Media um, YouTube channel. And I was, I was learning about the YouTube world and kind of how that played into marketing. And um, while I was listening to one of his podcasts, you kind of walked the audience through brands, yeah. DNA and some of the stuff there. And yeah, that was how I first ran into you. Oh man, that's awesome. I love that. I love, I love Sean. So that, if, if you don't know Sean, but Sean is one of our referral partners at Brand Builders Group. And that's why we use referral partners and teach the concept of referral partners, because the more they grow, the more they're out there helping introduce new people to you. So that's how uh, Craig and I are meeting. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where do you live? Like, give us like, where do you live, your family, all that, all that kind of stuff. What do you do for a living? Yeah. So um, I live in Utah, a small city called Provo, Utah. Um, It's just south of Salt Lake City. So a lot of fun out there in the mountains. Um, Single and just enjoying the bachelor life out there. Um, right now I'm transitioning careers. I've been doing high ticket sales for the last two years, uh, high ticket coaching sales for another organization. Oh, interesting. Tra- you were selling mm-hmm. for somebody else. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so, and I've been in sales pretty much my whole life ever since graduating college. And even before college, I did door to door sales as well. So I did a lot of that. I did six years of door to door sales, grinding Whoa, that out. What did you go door to door for six years? What were you selling? Pest control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so this is like your late teens and early twenties. Yeah. So uh, I probably started when I was twenty-two, if I remember right. Yeah, twenty-two. Okay. So right. Oh, right so when you I went to in, college in your uh, late twenties. Yeah. yeah. So I I had a I did a two-year service mission for my church um, nice. when I was nineteen years old, and then when I came back from that, I was twenty-one. That was when I really kind of kicked college high gear, and um, in my second year of college, I jumped on that. So. Man, 
I love this. I love me some people from Utah, man. They're hard workers. They're like just faith-based and integrity and all of this like service mission for the church. And a lot of, a lot of people don't know this, but there's a bunch of history in the door-to-door world and also in the network marketing world, all that like points back to Utah. Um, so that is, so that's so great. Okay. So that's interesting. So you went from like door to door and then in sales, and then you were, you were doing high ticket coaching sales. Well, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say this for what I think your vision is about to be, which you haven't officially stated, but I've got a little like questionnaire that you filled out. You're very well positioned with a very important set of skills and you're, you're set up here very much for success. So, so tell us about that. Like, what is your, what's your vision? Like, what's the big dream? Like, what's the thing that you go, man, this is, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. Yeah. The the big dream. So I've always loved coaching and teaching. That's, it's been a part of my DNA for as long as I can remember. And really the dream is a New York times bestselling author um, that also does professional public speaking. Um, There might be some consulting that gets lined into that somewhere, but Um, Those are really the two major components where I see this teaching component coming through both a authorship and then also through a um, public speaking background. And so you want to be a speaker or an author first. Uh, That's the way that you said it. Like the dream is to really be an author. I would really say the dream is to be a speaker first, to be honest. Um, That would be the, the first major spot. And then the author, I think, has always just been tied to that ever since I've learned about speakers and the successful speakers that I followed. They're nine times out of 10, they're authors as well. Yeah, right. That was me. I wanted to be a speaker and became an author by necessity. So, and I was just, I'm looking you up as I'm meeting you in our, in our system at Brand Builders Group. So, so it looks like you're in our one-on-one monthly coaching, but you're pretty new. And so you're working mm-hmm. with Jeff from our team, right? Is yeah. your strategist? Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. Okay. Um, so, so what's your question? So what's your issue? Like where are you stuck? Cause I, I get it. You've, you came up, you were in door to door, you, you were around sales, probably found a lot of motivational speakers and personal development, found probably new of success magazine, went to work for somebody else for selling their coaching. And now you're like ready to build your own, sell your own coaching and like build your own thing. Yeah. So really what I'm struggling with is just a clear target audience. I'm struggling to understand who it is that would, I can serve the best. Um, okay. And it, I feel like I've uh, um, taken a couple of stabs at this along with kind of what my primary message should be moving forward and what I have to bring to the marketplace moving forward. And I make tweaks along the way. And every time I, I move something, it feels like it affects everything else that moves with it. I feel which, like I'm by the way, so you're Craig's referring to something that we call brand positioning statement, which is brand builders group is a there's there's 12 courses in our formal curriculum. And the first one is we call it finding your brand DNA. And the output is a brand positioning statement of what problem you solve. Who do you solve it for? How do you solve it in one sentence? And what is your uniqueness in one word? And it's really hard work, even though it's like only these four very simple questions. It's really difficult. And it's exactly what you said, Craig, is the reason why it's so hard and the reason why we're so hard on people to get this clear is because if you don't nail it, all the downstream, like if you're not clear on your positioning, then everything else downstream breaks because there's this disjointedness in all of these in all these different pieces. And so it sounds like you're doing that hard work, but you're struggling to like get it to get it dialed in, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, okay. So great. Well let's 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 talk about this. This is fine. This is we spent a lot of hours working with people just like you on this very specific thing, which by the way, I would say for any of y'all listening, like your dream may not be to be a speaker or a coach, but it's the same thing. It's the, the genesis of marketing is being able to answer what problem do you solve in one word? Who do you solve it for? Um, and how, how do you solve that for them? And people always skip over that work and immediately go to let's start social media and let's launch a website and then can't figure out why it never works. Um, Now, I heard you say, Craig, that you're struggling the most with identifying a clear target audience of who I serve best. And the thing that I will tell you, which is what we have seen to be true so much of the time, we didn't know this when we started the company, but we know this now, 
that you're always most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So most great companies, not all of them, but most of them, a lot of them start by trying to solve a problem for their, for themselves. A lot of the best books happen because someone was trying to solve a problem for themselves or for their mom or their brother or something. And they have a, just like a deep rooted connection to this problem that they had to overcome. So I'm going to set that as the backdrop and then you tell me what is your hypothesis about who you think you can serve and what problem you solve for them. And let's start there. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as you say that, my mind rewinds to when my journey through all of the self-development and self-improvement began. And it was really surrounded around this idea of winning, helping people, helping myself win, uh, whether that was accounts or um, close relationships, just this development of how can I get better at whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish? Um, and as that evolved over time, it became, how can I become a better leader? How can I win more on the leadership field than anywhere else? And that was kind of where my journey first began because it was after an initial string of success followed by a rapid wave of failure um, that I, I really had to turn inward and, and look um, to find Are you those saying answers. that you succeeded as a salesperson and then failed as a leader, or you succeeded as a salesperson and then failed as a salesperson? Um, I would say I succeeded as a salesperson. Okay. And then I failed as a leader. Well, I would say I succeeded as a salesperson. I had some initial success as a leader. And then I honestly, I, I kind of started to believe my own hype, if you will. And, and that's when the failure started to come is as soon as I got wrapped up in myself and, and started to go through some of these issues. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay. But it was really as a leader that you were struggling, like you were mm-hmm. doing good in sales. Then you got promoted, became a leader. Initially you started strong and then kind of like started to crash and burn a little bit as a yeah. leader. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now when you say helping people win, is that specifically in sales or leadership or is it kind of like just overall life? And again, I would, I would point back to what have you actually done? Like what mm-hmm. path have you walked down where you are, you're, you're positioned powerfully mm-hmm. to speak into another life because you've been there yourself. I would say it's, it's geared towards leaders more than, more than life itself. And then I would say it'd probably be primary would be your leadership, your secondary would be the sales, and then the third would be life. Um, if I had to kind of rank those three. Okay. Uh-huh. Cause you're saying you pretty well succeeded at sales. That wasn't like necessarily a problem you struggled with for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. And is it sales leaders specifically, or is this, well, let me ask you this way. Okay. So the who question is an interesting one. Like who, who Mm -hmm. am I serving? But, um, you know, and that's, that's a good one, but what problem did you overcome? Like what problem did you, did you face? Did you encounter? What was, what was the, the, issue or the breakdown in your leadership? I would say it was probably uh, underperformance to be, to, would be a really good broad word. Um, I just wasn't meeting expectations um, with my team specifically. I was struggling with a lot of relationships within my team and, and getting the most out of those that I was working with. Um, and at the same time, some of the relationships with some of my peers at the same level. Okay. So and, and let me ask you this, what was mm-hmm. the turning point for you? So you very, it seems like you're pretty clear. There was like this fast start, a little bit of crash and burn. And then at some point you feel like you turn to the corner, which m- makes you well equipped to talk on this and guide somebody else through that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What was so, the turning point? The turning point it's really hard to pick one because I had a few great leaders kind of working and coaching me through this, but I felt like the moment I was focused on, 
uh, I guess you could say like a lead result or a lead indicator rather than a lag indicator is a, a term that I've heard a lot in sales and used a lot. So I was more focused on the things that I could control, the, the things that I had direct control over my daily effort, my daily routine, um, the inputs that I was making. That then led to the direct output that and there was a little bit of a, a delay, but eventually it caught up. And that was when I started to see success. As a leader, you're saying as a leader. Yes. As a leader. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what were the, what were the things as a leader? And by the way, some of y'all going to end up with some free leadership consulting advice out of this, right? <laughs> so, um, what are the things that were controllable for you as a leader mm-hmm. that you realize, Oh shoot, I wasn't doing this and now I'm doing, and now I'm doing like, I wasn't doing this. And when I started doing blank, that was, mm-hmm. you know, where things came around. Um, I, I, for me, I, I saw it just in my own attitude, really just trying to take an honest assessment of, of where I was on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes that's a little overkill. Sometimes you're better off doing that on a weekly or monthly basis, but just really trying to take an honest assessment of where I was trying to give others the opportunity to, to lead out and to not micromanage them. Um, it would be kind of the, just to really be a facilitator rather than a dominator of a conversation or of a meeting or of a objective and really to just put my faith in people to try to exercise that love and build their, and build that trust and that sense of loyalty. Um, being very focused on what I put into others rather than what I was trying to get out of them. Hmm. Okay. And so that's what I felt like how I, how I did it. And it was, it was just what I, I focused on how much time I was training, focused on how much time training others, how much time I was leading, um, by example, how much time I was making myself available to be shadowed, especially in sales, giving others the opportunity to sacrificing some of my own numbers, if you will, um, to promote the benefit of others and to expand others. Um, and then when there are like certain things like learning how to deal with conflict and learning how to have a, I guess you could say a clean confrontation, um, how to diffuse emotional situations, learning those types of skills were, were massive, um, facilitators in that growth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting because the way you talk about this, they're actually, you know, like normally when we coach salespeople, which is of course what we did in our, our former life for 12 years, we, all we did was our, that was the company we sold was a sales coaching company (laughs) is we always like the reason why, one of the reasons why salespeople fail is because they put all of their self-esteem in their results. I didn't make enough commission. Mm -hmm. I didn't make enough sales today, blah, blah, blah. And like right in the take the stairs book, we talk about, you have to put your self-esteem into your work habits, not into your results. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. focus on all your control. Like, your attitude, the number of hours that you work, mm-hmm. how many people do you, do you talk to? How many referrals do you ask for? Like all those, all of those things, but you're actually describing it from a leadership perspective of like, what were all the things that I, that I, I could control. Um, all right. So tell me, th- so this is good. So this is super helpful. You've mentioned that you've you've had a couple renditions of a brand positioning statement, um, mm-hmm. and I know that's brand builders group speak, but we'll you know catch people up. It's not it's not super complex. What is what? Where are you at right now in terms of? Uh, let's just talk. Let's just focus on the first three components. What problem do you solve in one word? What is your one message solution to solving that problem? And then what is the one word distillation of that message into one word, which we call your one word uniqueness? Mm-hmm. So right now, the one word problem is um, I'm tossing back and forth between underperformance and inadequacy. People either underperforming or just feeling inadequate themselves to be a leader to to perform. Uh, My message is focus on your circle of control. Um, And and that's the the actionable, I guess you could say that the the statement to take. Um, And then from a uniqueness standpoint, this is another one that I'm going back and forth with. It's, it's between character and and loyalty is kind of the, the two that I'm kind of going back and forth on. And I can explain those more if you like. 
Okay. So first of all, let's talk about the problem words that you've selected. Mm -hmm. Both underperformance and inadequacy are true problem words. So a common Mm -hmm. mistake we see is people will say something like, you know, they'll say like, balance balance isn't a problem overwhelm Mm -hmm. is a problem right so you've got Mm -hmm. you've got potential potentially accurate candidates for the problem that you solve i uh, i think of inadequacy probably more of being a cause like a root cause than an actual problem Mm -hmm. um the problem is probably underperform like my mind tends to go to underperformance because it's like what when we think about the problem, another way of saying that, and we teach this in writing copy, which is, you know, copywriting is selling through the written word. So Mm -hmm. this also will roll forward. You probably haven't got there yet, but when you get to uh, building your revenue engine, which is our, our phase two course one, we talk about the 15 piece of copywriting. And so this, this problem comes back forward. And one of the prompts that we use to help you figure out like to write copy in a problem is we say the problem is that what is the the roadblock that someone is bumping up against? Like what is, what is the thing that is happening in their life? And it's like their team is underperforming. Like that is where you go. Why is my team underperforming? That's what they're bumping up against. Whereas inadequacy is more of when you go, when you start to dissect, why are you running up against that problem? inadequacy feels to me more like a cause um Mm -hmm. than a problem so i tend to lead towards underperformance which feels pretty good and aligned Mm -hmm. now the message focus on your circle of control here's what's good about it it is an instruction and a command which is what a message must be it is what what do i need to do to change my life so that is good when you were talking earlier, I also, I also actually, I wrote out, be focused on the things you can control when you were talking as an initial hypothesis myself for a potential message for you, which mm-hmm. feels like a candidate. There is another one that some, that came out of something you said earlier, which might be a stronger candidate though, um, which we'll come back to now. My issue here is with your uniqueness of character and loyalty mm-hmm. because the, 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 the unique, your uniqueness has to capture the essence of your message in one word. Okay. Or we sometimes say the uniqueness is a one word distillation of the message. So if focus on what you can control or focus on your circle of control is the message the uniqueness has to capture something like that. That could be character, but it would sound to me more like perseverance or grit or discipline or mm-hmm. something like that. If that is your message, which I'm not totally sure it is. Loyalty is definitely not your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. The reason why is loyalty is not something, well, loyalty could be a uniqueness. Loyalty the uniqueness in the message have to be something you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So to me, loyalty is more of a payoff. Mm -hmm. So that is what results from doing all of these things. Uh, And again, payoff is one of the 15 P's you'll see again, when we get to the 15 P's of copywriting and for all of you under, you know, listening to understand um, what, what great marketers do is they market the problems and they market the payoffs. They don't market the message and the uniqueness. Um, we think of the problem as the starting point, the payoffs are the destination, and the message and the uniqueness are the vehicle. That's how to get there. You don't market how to get there. That's what you teach people when they buy. You teach them the message and the uniqueness. You teach them how to do something, but you don't market what your sol- you don't market what the solution is you market what the transformation is in their life, which is the payoff. So a more loyal team is a payoff to a leader. Now loyalty mm-hmm. technically could be a uniqueness in terms of, you said, if, if loyalty was your and like if loyalty was your uniqueness, then the message would have to be something like um, give people the benefit of the doubt or, you know, stay with your relationships for a long time. Because there has to be a direct correlation between the message and the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so character, there's a disconnect right now between the message and the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. 
And so then my next question is going, which one do you feel most confident about? Do you feel uh, most confident about like something in the message or, or something in the, in the uniqueness? And let me, and let me go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and introduce, I'm going to introduce to you what I heard you say as you were just talking Mm -hmm. as something that feels like it might have some of the kind of emotional energy of what a great message is for you, like that your heart might actually be attached to this. And here's, here's what you said. You said like the moment it turned is when I started to put, when I started to put into others rather than worry about what I was trying to get out of them. Mm. There was something about the way that you said that where I heard, ah, that was the, that was the real turning point or the real turning point was really connected to, to that moment. And also earlier when you said, um, you said something about like, I was drinking my own Kool-Aid or I, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, high on my high horse that there's also this p- pivot that you made from it's all about me to is all about my team. It's all about what can I get out of them, which makes me look good or gets me promoted or makes me money to how can I invest into them? And so that, was another candidate that I'll go ahead and introduce to you as a potential message. So, you know, talk me through, you know, focus on what you can control versus put into others versus what you're trying to get out of them. And then character and loyalty and, you know, which of, which of those feels do you have the most resonance with naturally? Yeah, I would say, mm, that's a tough question. Um, between the between focus on your circle of control and character or loyalty, I would definitely say circle of control there. Um, but this idea of putting into others is is something that I have been taught and also just resonates with my soul on such a level that I want to make that my. Um, one of one of the core components of of what I do and what I teach um, in my message, and to kind of give you some perspective on kind of why character and loyalty kind of stick out to me as the uniqueness. Um, there's a saying uh, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's something to the effect of that nobody is loyal to you; they are loyal to the standards that you represent. And interesting. And so I love that. I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, I forget exactly where I've picked that up. Um, I want to say it's Gary Keller, um, but it's it, um, it's something that just has stuck with me over the years. That's, and, all, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's kind of where that loyalty comes from. And the the I guess you could say the message from that is just really be loyal to your principles. Stick to your stick to your guns live your truth, however you want to call that, plant your flag. Um, And so that's kind of where that character and that loyalty really kind of comes into play. And that's where this idea of giving to others and pouring into them as as a primary component, it kind of is seated, um, is this Mm -hmm. idea of that. So a couple of things on this, right? So again, like uh, even the way that you describe it, that nobody is loyal to you, they're loyal to the standards you represent. Loyalty Mm -hmm. would be a payoff. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's the result of you sticking to your guns or, or, you know, live out your principles or be yeah. in integrity and loyalty is loyalty from other people shows up as a byproduct of that. And that's the <laughs> distinction here between the vehicle or, you know, and brand yeah. builders group speak, we, we call it the message and the uniqueness, yeah. but loyalty is really the payoff for a leader. So and, and this is also really tricky, right? Because most of the work that we do with people, is, which is what we're doing right now, is on internal moniker first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But loyalty is actually what would show up on the website because people will buy loyalty. They'll, they will buy solutions to underperformance and mm-hmm. I want a more loyal team. Yep. Whatever the answer is here, which we're kind of at now, that's not what you want to sell. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what you give them after they've bought. Cause that's the truth, but yeah. it's not the tra- mm-hmm. It's not the transformation. So, okay. um, now 
I hear you again being emotionally connected to this idea of putting into others. But one one thing that you said was you said I want that to be one of the principles or one of the tenets that I teach. Mm-hmm. And so this is this would be the next question is to go putting into others. Is that like if you think about it as a book, mm-hmm. and um, you know you start with brand DNA with us, and then the the second course is captivating content, which is where we're going to flush this out into a body of work like a book or a course or something like that. And and so the question we always always ask is is that is that idea a chapter or is that idea the book? Because I could see that the the book is focus on what you can control, and mm-hmm. one of the chapters is focus on giving to others rather than getting another one is focus on spending time with others. One of them is, you know, all these other things that you were saying, focus on being a facilitator rather than a dominator, focus on your attitude. Those would be what we could potentially, what we would call those, we call them pillars, but those could be the chapters of which focus on what you can control or some variation of that really could be the message because that's what the whole book is about. And there's one chapter on one of the things you can control is focusing on others versus focusing on yourself. So is it that, or is it the whole book is about putting into others of which you would subdivide that idea into several sub ideas? I would say it's more on focus. It's focused on these different components. Yeah. So then then that does point to the idea that the message is somehow focus on what you can control or, or focus on your circle of control. You could work. That's all just semantics. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then one of your pillars, which would be like a chapter title or a, or a module, if you're creating curriculum is going to have something to do with like one of the seven things you focus on is focusing on investing into others versus trying to get out from them. Mm-hmm. So th- that's super clear. So if you feel strong about that, which you've kind of held to this whole conversation that focus on what you can control, you've kind of held to that, then that does feel as like that is connected to the message. So now what we have to do is go, what is the one word concept that captures that as an essence to, to focus on what you can control is to be blank. Like it, 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 someone who focuses on what they control is, is what, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, the words that popped into my mind were like clear or disciplined or, um, uh, without using focus, <laughs> I'm trying to, well, I'm that's struggling. what I was thinking. It's also <laughs> possible that focus could slide out of the message into the uniqueness that, that really your uniqueness is focus. And it's like, mm-hmm. You're that that the essence is teaching leaders how to focus, like focus on them, not you focus on mm-hmm. spending time with them. Don't focus on their results. Focus on being a facilitator, not a dominator, like focus on how to have constructive conversations versus making them feel like crap. It's possible that focus could be the uniqueness. And then the message just gets simply adapted to something like spend time on what you can control. Mm-hmm. Uh, or something, something like that. That probably would be easier, honestly, because this idea of focus, I was trying to find a way to work around the word focus without repeating the two of them, both in the message and then also in the uniqueness. Um, to me, it would be easier to be, to have the message being able to work around the word focus without using it. And, and to have uniqueness as focus. Well, that's definitely true, but we don't want semantics to be the reason why you make a okay. selection like this. We want it to be tr- your truth, your passion, what you, what actually changed your life, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what uniqueness is all about is it's going, what did I do that actually changed my life? What, what too many people read 10 books and try to summarize 10 books as their own. And that's why they never break through the wall. Like they, Mm -hmm. that's why it's hard because they are, they're, they're literally regurgitating noise. What we really want to do is, and and it's ironic because people think, Oh, well this person who's the best selling author, they're the one that's the expert, not me. But in reality, the part 
the part that is strongest is the more that we can tap into what actually changed your own life. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to bottle up because that's what people can't get anywhere else. They mm-hmm. can't get you anywhere else. They can get these other 10 ideas anywhere, like anywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's part of going, what did you do that actually changed your life? You were on your high horse as a leader or what, however you described it, drinking your own Kool-Aid mm-hmm. um, and something happened, something, something shifted, something pivoted. And that was the moment that the transformation happened. Yeah. And it's funny because as soon as you, asked, I was like, Oh, what was like the original idea? And the original idea came from John Wooden where he talked about the definition of success being the peace of mind that comes from knowing you did your own that you did your very best and that you controlled everything that you could to just be dialed in and to give your best. And it wasn't about what was on the scoreboard. It was about what was inside of you. And if you felt that peace and you knew that you did your best and you gave your all, that was success. And the moment, and that was what kind of led me to, okay, I'm going to focus on the things that I can physically do. And if I know in my heart that I've done everything and I can, I win regardless of what the scoreboard says. And, and that was what kind of led to a lot of the rest of this. Mm-hmm. And so how would you capture that in one word? Almost satisfaction is, is one. Um, but that's, that's more of a payoff. Um, that's a great payoff, but yeah, yeah. satisfaction, mm-hmm. peace. Um, These are, those are great payoff words. You should put them in your payoff cloud along yeah. with loyalty. Cause that's what mm-hmm. leaders, they will buy that. Cause that is, yeah. a, that's the output of this. Mm-hmm. Um, man, one word, one word. Uh, um, I feel like it was on the tip of my tongue and then I lost it. Um, yeah. Well, it seemed like it's, it's along this lines of, again, focus on what you can control or do your best, right? Like mm-hmm. it seems like it is connected to that concept as well. Like as you describe it, which I heard it a little bit differently when you talked about John Wooden is like, mm-hmm. it's going, you lay it all out there on the line. And th- that, that is what you, that is what you you know, take your pride in. That's where you derive your peace from. That's where you Mm -hmm. derive your satisfaction is not whether or not you win or lost, but did you lay it all on the line? Like, did you show up and do everything in your power? Mm -hmm. Did you, did you do everything that you could? And I wonder if lay it all on the line or leave it on the, one of the things I was a big basketball player and coach for about, I was a coach for six years. Um, And I mean, the common phrase is leave it all on the court. Just, just leave it all there. And, and, and that wonder if that would be the message or something to that effect. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the, the uniqueness would be focus is what I wonder. I don't know. But they're different. Those feel a little bit different. They feel a little bit different to me. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, leave it all on the court. We wouldn't sign off. This is just an internal thing about going, we don't want, we want it to be clear and not use jargon, but like do everything in your power or do is that's the essence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like to me feels point. that feels different than focus on what you can control. I mean, there's some of the same energy there, but one, one is going le- doing everything in your power is something you can control. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that is the one thing you can control, which again, almost points to more of like, maybe that's a, that's a chapter is like, leave it all out, which would be, could be like the final chapter is leave it all out there. Focus. Don't like, again, it's a matter of focus. It would be like, don't focus on the scoreboard, focus, focus on your effort. But see that, that would be a, that uniqueness would be more like effort. Do everything in your power. That's like effort or hard work or discipline versus mm-hmm. occupy your mind and time with things inside of your control. So those are related, but two distinctly different energies I feel like. Mm. And is it, is it, which one is it? I would say it's, it's do everything in your power. 
it would be the energy. And that would be like, that's where that comes from. That's where that peace comes from. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the real thing that you're striving for. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what was, was your transformation was going, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's when, when I looked at it that way, it was, I'm going to do everything that I have direct control over. And if I just take care of my business, I've got this, I, uh, it'll work itself out and learning to ignore the theoretical scoreboard. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which that feels that I get more gooseys from that Hmm. line of discussion there where it's it it's not so much like like when I hear focus on what you can control, I think more of like and don't worry about the things that you can't, which is part of this energy. But you're really Mm -hmm. saying like, leave it, lay it all on the line, do your do your absolute best, leave it on the court like put it all out there mm-hmm. and put your, put your faith. I mean, kind of like I said earlier, you, you put your self-esteem in your work habits, not in your results. Um, it seems like that's more of the energy, which focus doesn't feel quite like the right mm-hmm. essence of that. It feels more like effort or, um, you know, to, to play full out. That mm-hmm. I, I don't have a word for it. I just have a picture of it like in my head. And it, to me, I, it always comes back to sports, like probably the most, the most inspirational game I've ever seen of any sport was Kobe Bryant's last game that he gave in his career where he scored 60 something points. And just because you could see going into the fourth corner and the final few possessions when timeouts were called or when there were fouls or when there was a TV break, Kobe on the bench, completely exhausted, draped in a towel with ice bags on his knees and his ankles. And just they were doing everything they could for him to stay on the court. The whistle would blow. He would get up. He would, and that's the image that comes to my mind when I think of success. It's just this idea of just doing everything you can and and the rest worked its way out. So, Yeah. So that is the image I want you to hang on to. That mm-hmm. is what your message is about like playing it is about playing full out and we we may not nail on this i mean we've actually made quite a lot of progress here in a short amount of time and it's a journey but that image if that is the image that speaks to you i want you to hold that image and i want you to ask this question what was that captured in one word what was that a living display of you know, it might, and then you make a, uh, you make a, you make a cloud, a word cloud, and you throw stuff on there. Effort, focus, perseverance, determination, um, commitment, um, like, you know, resolve, um, and you're, you know, you're, 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 you're throwing those, you're throwing those out there. But it's it's funny. The more we talk this out, a little bit it feels a little less like a leadership message and more like a personal performance message of going. This you know leaders. This this sounds like you're motivating me to be my best, which is why it can apply to leaders. Mm-hmm. But it it doesn't sound like you're talking to a leader. It sounds like you're talking to a person. Now, I think that's cool. That's good news for you because now you could address two audiences with the same message, just like take the stairs, right? I, mm-hmm. I teach people uh, in that book, I teach people how to overcome procrastination. And I also got booked to speak to teach leaders how to teach their people how to overcome procrastination. But it, it sounds like your real fascination and passion is about helping people, you know, leave it all out there can be fully exhausted in, in what you do fully invested, fully contributed, fully like, um, you know, exertion or, and so hang on to that image, the word will come to you and then create those, create all those words that capture that essence and then go into the thesaurus, you know, like we use thesaurus.com all the time. And you just type in each of those words and see what it recommends for all the other words. And you just kind of, creating it. But I, I actually think the most clarifying thing 
in here, you know, is more around the message, which is probably something more like do everything in your power, Mm -hmm. which is, which is a more practical way of saying, leave it all on the court or play full out or lay it out on the line, because that's, you know, references the kind of a sports analogy. That's not super clear, but, but here's the other, here's the other way that we will know if we have hit this. And this is true for anybody, you know, any of you listening with any business, we know that we we've nailed a message. If we, we call it the life well lived test. If we say, look at the end of your life, if people said, this is the one thing that, so-and-so taught me how to do like in this, is this the thing that I would want people to say that, you know, Craig really taught me how to, and for you, I think you would say, leave it all on the court is probably literally how you would say it in your mind in the Kobe Mm -hmm. example. And so you need to translate that concept into a practical ubiquitous, um, command that anybody could understand, like do everything in your power. And then you need to bottle that figure, ask yourself, what is the one word? Like what, what is Kobe living out in that moment that you respect so much that you admire, that you adopted for your own life, that you then decide and commit to spend the rest of your life helping other people, you know, take on for themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Like I'm like, I've just got this. <laughs> mental wallpaper of Kobe just sitting on the bench exhausted right before it gets subbed back in. And I love it. So, which is also awesome. how you want to feel at the end of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, my guess is if that's inspiring to you, that's, that's how you want to feel. It's like, man, I spent my life doing living in a way that makes me feel like it counted and whether or not it counted to anyone else doesn't matter. It was like, I did everything that I could like, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I, you know, I left it all, left it all out on the, all, all on the line. So that seems like the message. It does seem like you're more targeting an individual, but I, I think that plays nicely for you here. Um, so I, I think you're, if you can talk now, here's another, here's another thing that can help you with this. Find somebody in your life. Think of a real person in your life who is underperforming. Somebody who is not laying it on the line, someone who is not playing full out, someone who is not leaving it all on the court. And then think about, you know, if you said, damn it, will you just blank? A lot of times your message can fit into that. And and you go, what is this person missing? Like that is another, and, and it helps to, you know, a lot of times if you have someone close to you, you know, you might never ever tell them this, but you look at them and you go, man, if this person would just go all out, they would just crush. And you think about that person in real life, it helps you get resonant to it. And when you write, you write to that person. And when you, you speak to a camera, even though there could be thousands of people on the other end of the camera, like you're really talking to that person. That's how you, you create powerful, you know, marketing communication is it's pointed at a a person you don't don't talk to people talk to person um and this is what i've you know dedicated my life to studying influence which is compelling other people to act how do you get other people to take action and when it comes to the written word and the spoken word one of the most powerful ways to do that is to think of an actual person on the other end and speak to that real life person don't say their name don't give it away like who it is, but, but imagine they're right there and go And in your case, it's just like, what is the capture of that, of that word? So you're close, you're close. Um, and frankly, it's more important that you have a clear picture of what it is than the actual semantics of the word, because brand positioning statement is internal moniker. Again, mm-hmm. the words you're going to use on your website and your keynote program description and on your sales page and in your emails and your funnel may likely not be this word. It, the words you're going to use are satisfaction and peace and, you know, performance and loyalty. And those are all, those are all payoff words. They're Mm -hmm. not verbs. They're nouns, right? So the, 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 
it's it's almost like the the uniqueness is all in some way like a verb word it's a thing that you can do but payoffs are nouns they are things that show up mm-hmm. and um and mm-hmm. and the, the problem is also the problem is also a noun these yeah. are things that you're struggling with in your life or it's ag- it can also um you know, problems and, and pain is adjective. So when you're writing out copy, you want to write their life at the, the key. One of the keys to writing great, compelling copy. Once you get past this internal stuff is you go write a description of their life as it exists today in the absence of the solution. They're struggling with, underperformance and living paycheck to paycheck and not getting promoted and not being passionate about their job. And, and so when you put that on a page, you know, do you ever feel burnt out? Do you feel like you were meant for more? Do you feel like you're describing their life as it exists today in the absence of your remedy? And then you're also going to say, you know, our team or me, or we have developed this process or plan. And you touch on that a little bit, but then what you're really selling is, once you go through this process, you will experience more satisfaction, more peace, more joy, higher performance, increased pay. Those are all nouns that show up as the result of the verb, which is the actual work. That's the uniqueness that they have to do. And most marketers in general either aren't clear. I mean, most marketers are way far away from doing this kind of deep work that we're talking about, but yeah. they don't market the problem. They don't market the pain and they they only weekly market the payoffs because they're not viscerally or emotionally connected to it because they're not talking about something they've actually lived through. The people who break through the wall and break through the noise, they're connected to it. They sound like you did in that moment you were describing Kobe Bryant's last game. Mm. That emotion, that internal feeling that's what we have to capture and bottle up and reproduce. And if we, once we capture it, it's like, there's just no stopping you and Mm. we're close. We're close here. This feels like it was a slight shift in direction, but at the same time, a clear, a clearer vision of what I'm looking for. If that makes any amount of sense. So thank you. Yeah. This has been awesome. Awesome, Craig. Well, keep us posted. Obviously, you know, I'll see you again at some point at one of our events or something. So I'll be talking to you, but we'll uh, at some point bring you back on the success line, get an update of how you're doing, what you're up to, where you landed. But I think uh, it feels very much like your purpose in life is to leave it all on the line, do everything in your power and to encourage other people to do the same. So Mm -hmm. I would I would give that advice right back to you. Yeah. Just do everything in your power, man. Just like focus on this, work at it, like go at it as hard as you can. Obviously you're doing it. So I've got, I, I've, I've got absolute confidence it's going to work out for you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. As always, I'm so thankful for the conversations that we get to, that I get to have with these the guests that come here on the success line. And that one was for sure. No different with Craig. There's a couple takeaways as I'm going to share with you. I think three highlights that, that apply directly from that conversation to you. Obviously that was specific in terms of the fact that Craig is an aspiring speaker author, which we know a lot about. We live in that space. He's obviously one of our clients. We know a lot about that. So we have a little bit of a shared speak, but uh, so many of those concepts apply to all, apply to all of us, apply to any business. And, and, you know, here's three of them that I just want to grab for you. So first of all, copywriting is selling through the written word. Copywriting is selling through the written word. For some reason, when people write copy for their website, their social media posts, their captions, their, even their bio, they, they go, they like, they turn all informational and they just like are reporting a bunch of information and you want to, when you write marketing copy, think of it less as informational and treat it more of as if like you were telling your best friend about an awesome new movie you saw or an awesome restaurant they should come to. It should be, it should be persuasive. It should be exciting. It should be compelling. 
and it it should make a case for something, not just be a news reporter of emotionless, you know, facts and data and details. It it should it should have a slant. It should be enthusiastic because that's what copywriting is. It is selling through the written word. So whatever you might say in real life conversation to sell someone on something that is what you should write. And one of the shortcuts I shared is one of our greatest secrets of all time with copywriting is that pain moves people very powerfully. And one of the ways to make your readers experience pain, which are, you know, prospects presumably, is describe their life as it exists today in the absence of your solution. That is possibly the most powerful thing that you can include in your copy, uh, in your copywriting, right? This written marketing language is, is when you can prove to them that you know what they're struggling with and you can describe how they're feeling, then they know that you understand their problem, which means that they are likely to trust you to help solve that problem and provide a solution. So think of copywriting as selling through the written word. Second thing, whether you are doing a podcast doing an Instagram live, doing a webinar, writing a book, doing a presentation or speech of some kind, or writing copy that's going to go on your website or your brochure or anywhere. Don't write to the world, write to one person, solve a real life problem for one person, talk as if there is one person on the other end, speak to them as if you're talking directly to them, solve that problem for one person. If you do that, your communication will be powerful. It will be compelling. It will be visceral. It will hit every reader, every viewer, every listener, as if you're talking directly to them because you are, you're talking to a person. This is another mode thing, though, that for some reason we people prepare to go live on social or they do a podcast or they write a book or they write copy for their website or their flyer or their whatever. They go into this again, like this sort of weird information mode where they're like broadcasting to a bunch of people and they almost feel like they have to sound different and they make it way harder than it is. Don't do that. Just talk to one person. Write as if you're writing to one person. Speak as if you're speaking to one person. That will transform their life. That will be more effective. That will be more powerful and more compelling. So make sure you just solve a real life problem for one word, you, for one person, use the real life language that you would use and it'll be way more effective in your communication. And then number three, passion is what persuades. Passion is what persuades. You know, we I, obviously, you know, you saw me go into a, a, a fairly deep dive conversation there with Craig as we're trying to like sort out a, a lot of the work that we do is work. We're, we're connecting an individual person's passion to their personal brand. We call it finding your uniqueness. But even if you're about to start a company, we would do the same thing like a company, not a personal brand per se, but like some company as we go. Find a find a problem you're passionate about solving. Like if you're going to start a nonprofit or you're going to sell a widget or you're going to sell a service or you're going to launch a personal brand or you're going to use your personal brand to sell more of your widget or your service. It's got to be something that you're passionate about. If the, the that passion, that energy, that fire is what we got to bottle up. We got to figure out what were you put here on this earth to do? Like who were you put here to, to help? What problem have you solved? What question have you answered? What obstacle have you overcome? That is what you can do that nobody else can do. And we have to bottle that up. And if you're, if you're disconnected from it, I'm telling you, you're likely not to become a top performer in anything that you're doing. If you don't feel that fire, it's not that you couldn't be successful. It's not that you can't make a living. In fact, very often the danger is that you can make a living and maybe even a decent living, maybe even extraordinary living, but you're not going to be fully living. You're not going to be fully experiencing your potential until you're doing something that you feel alive and alert and, and pulled to 
each and every day, like this is what I was put here to do. And when you do that, there will be no stopping you. There will be no competition. There will be no noise. There will, there will be no, well, so and so and so does it this way and that way. Cause none of it matters. It's just about finding your uniqueness and then putting that out into the world in a way that can truly transform the lives of others. So be passionate, be, be direct, uh, you know, talk to that one person and, you know, write and speak in the way that you would to transform one person's life. And I feel confident that you'll find more success quickly. That's it for this week on the success line. We'll see you back soon. Keep coming back and we'll keep you encouraged. See you then. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.